The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. better get healthy and help animals welcome to main street vegan with your host victoria moran we live in a youth-centered culture and you know youth is wonderful we think about it in terms of being healthy and fit and everything is expectant all kinds of things are in our future and everything is worth giggling about. Well, gosh, who wouldn't want to extend that? I mean, those old explorers didn't sail the ocean blue in search of the fountain of middle age. And yet we also know that the blue zones, the places where people live long and well, not only eat well and get plenty of exercise, but older people there are respected and admired. So we're going to be looking at youthening on today's program, but not youthening in terms of Botox and, oh my gosh, he looks young for his age, but rather in terms of how we can live our best lives, all our lives. Hi, I'm Victoria Moran, your host for this program. You can find more about my work at MainStreetVegan.net, and I hope you will. It would be lovely to have you in my inner circle. And speaking of inner circles, we also have a Main Street Vegan podcast listeners group on Facebook. That's the inner, inner circle. So if you're on Facebook and would like to be part of a group of fellow listeners and your host, uh, we're over there quite a bit and would love to have you. A quick shout out before I introduce our first guest to our sponsor. I don't talk about them nearly enough because we have so much great information to share. But the good people at alpineorganics.co have come up with the most amazing product called Complement. It is formulated by Pamela Ferguson, RD, PhD, a vegan dietitian who has been on this program and also a friend of lots of you guys, I'm sure. And that is Matt Frazier, the meat-free athlete. Complement is the three substances that everybody agrees that vegans need to be looking at and probably other people too. 
So in a convenient spray, you get your B12, your D3, and your algae-based omega-3 fatty acids fully formed EPA and DHA, and you don't even have to swallow a pill. If that sounds good, check out alpineorganics.co. And if you put Main Street Vegan in big old capital letters in that little discount box, you will get 10% off, not only of your first order, but of repeating orders, if that's how you sign up. Um, if you're anything like how things are in my house, those repeating orders are pretty much going to go forever. So shout out to those good folks. And now we will get into the tempe of this program with our first guest. She is Karen Asp, an award-winning Indiana-based journalist who covers health, fitness, nutrition, companion animals, and travel for numerous leading magazines and websites, including Women's Day, Women's Health, Delta Sky, Forks Over Knives, the T. Colin Campbell Center for Nutrition Studies, O, Cosmo, Harper's Bazaar, Better Homes and Gardens, Weight Watchers, Martha Stewart Living, Good Housekeeping. You get it. This woman is a writer's writer, a true journalist. She is the co-author of Understanding Your Food Allergies and Intolerances and the author of the cutest and most helpful brand new book called Anti-Aging Hacks, 200 plus ways to feel and look younger. And guess what else? She's a champion race walker. Welcome, Karen Asp. Oh, thanks, Victoria. Thanks so much for the kind introduction. And to be very honest, I am in awe of the work that you do and truly honored to be here. So I think I had to pinch myself when you asked me and I have to uh, pinch myself right now that I'm actually on your show. So thank you. (laughs) Well, I'm so happy you're here and you have so much to share with our listeners because you have put together, and it is seriously, over 200 little (laughs) bite-sized suggestions so that people can, in the words of your very final hack, celebrate your age. So tell us how this came about. Uh, Well, Victoria, the, um, and again, thank you. It is anti-aging hacks and it is officially our 248 strategies that encompass diet, fitness, lifestyle, beauty to lead you to a more graceful, energetic, vibrant, aging path. And the publisher came to me and knowing my background asked me to put together this book. And it truly was drawing on all of the research that I have done or looked at throughout the years, the magazine articles, things like that, that I've been able to put together for different clients. And I like to point out to people that anti-aging You know, I've had many people say, oh, not another anti-aging book. And I say anti-aging, it's a great title, but it's a little bit of a misnomer because if you're not aging, you're not living. And so I think that really what I like to say instead is that we can slow the aging process. And anti-aging is more, as you pointed out, about healthy aging. And it's not just how old you live to. It's not just about the quantity of your life but about the quality of your life. So if you can marry quantity with quality, that's where you're really going to see the, the vibrancy of health come through. 
Yeah, and I'm having so much fun reading this book. I haven't gotten through all 248, but it's already changed my life. I sometimes think if I hadn't been doing this show for seven years, oh my goodness, where would I be? Because <laughs> I get so much great information. So one of the things that I'm doing is using a lot more sunscreen a lot more often. Tell us how we're really supposed to get that into our lives. Well, Victoria, it's interesting because, again, these are bite-sized little strategies that you can do. And most of them are, a lot of them are things that I do during the day. So years ago, I started, I've written a lot of skin cancer stories for various magazines. And one of the main things that every dermatologist would tell me was, please, if you do nothing else, put sunscreen on. The most crucial places being your face, your neck and your hands. So basically, if you think about from your elbow down, and so that started me on a daily routine of every single day. I don't care if I'm not even walking outside, although I generally do because I have a dog and I go to the mailbox. But even if it's cloudy, if it's snowing, if it's thundering, sunscreen comes on my face, my neck and my hands every single day. Why? Because it's the, those are the places where our skin is the, gets the most sun exposure. And they're showing that what I think is interesting, for instance, there are more now left side face cancers than there have been before. And a lot of that is the reflection of the sun when you're driving. They've seen an uptick in women in particular because women at one point didn't drive as much. And so with the driving, I know it's been several decades since women could drive, but, um, or not could, but have been driving, but there's been an uptick in, in left side uh, cancers on the face. And a lot of it is from, from that sun from the window. So definitely sunscreen and, and sun is one of the number one it, it causes of premature aging of the skin. So you definitely want to protect that skin on your face and your hands as much as possible. I have found, Karen, I've lived now in New York City for 19 years, which means I almost never drive. But there was some 20 years of driving, more than that, 25, before I got here. And as I have gotten older, when I look at my two hands, my right hand doesn't look like a baby. It looks like somebody 55. And my left hand looks like somebody 75. And that was the 25 years of driving. Yeah. So that really tells me something. And you uh, reiterated that when we're inside the sun comes through that window and it might not um, give us burning rays, the UVB, but it will give us the aging rays. So, well, we want to protect ourselves inside and out. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. So I want to talk about your very, very first tip to consume fruit instead of processed sugar. And this is so interesting. Our guest last week, um, intuitive healer Maniza Ahmed was talking about fruit and how we have to get over fruit fear and we have to eat more of it. So um, have you found in science some of what she's found in intuition? Absolutely, Victoria. And in fact, when I talk to people, that's one of the questions that I often get is, oh, you know, I'm a little bit worried about eating fruit. And it's, it's such a misnomer. And I think that when you look at the studies, the people who are eating the most, the highest amounts of fruits and vegetables um, really have the healthiest outcomes in life, they also are living the longest. So again, it's marrying the two quantity plus quality. And so where this whole fruit fear came about is, is somewhat a mystery, but definitely the more fruit and vegetables that you can get in your diet, the better. And I think that 
it tags in perfectly with the fact that Americans really are consuming way too much sugar. And sugar, as we know, hides in so many different places. So it's not just the obvious cakes and cookies and you name it, donuts and sodas and things like that. It's really hidden in things like pasta sauces and ketchups. And so we really are taking in a lot, a lot of sugar from just regular foods. And so if you are going to eat something sweet, it should be not the sugary sweet, but something fruit. And that'll, again, get you away from those processed foods and also add a little bit more fruit to the diet. And a strawberry, a pineapple, mango, papaya, whatever your pleasure can be a perfect ending to a meal or a snack during the day if you're craving that sweetness. I love it. And I'm getting into lots and lots more fruit. And you know, it's funny, you kind of train yourself what to like. And there was a time that I just wasn't much of a fruit eater. It just seemed too watery. But now (laughs) that's changed. So you know, we start on these healthier habits and everything changes along with us. So you've got another one that is very vegan friendly. And I'm going to talk to you in a little bit about writing a book with lots of uh, vegan tips uh, hidden (laughs) within a book that doesn't claim to be vegan. One of your tips is know your TMAO. What is that? So TMAO and Victoria, again, I'm not a doctor, so I can't speak from the doctor side of things. But TMAO is especially for people who are eating meat regularly. Now, this is not necessarily your crowd who are vegans, but maybe they have a loved one or somebody whom they know who is eating a lot of meat. TMAO is something that has not hit the radar of most people. And it's, I'm not going to be able to pronounce it, but it's trimethylene N-oxide. But basically it's a compound that your liver makes. And whenever you consume these animal products, Um, essentially, as I explained, you're getting choline and you're also getting all these other things and your gut bacteria digest these. And it produces this compound called TMA, which is then converted into another compound called TMAO. And if you've got the bottom line is that if you have high levels of TMAO, you're at greater risk studies show of stroke, of heart attack, and even death. And so especially again for those people who are eating meat or people who are let's say vegetarian and they haven't moved all the way over and they're eating let's say egg yolks, dairy products. Probably not a bad idea to ask your doctor if you could get your TMAO levels tested. That's now becoming something that more and more experts I'm hearing uh, do recommend. And there are a few places uh, in the United States that do have labs where they can be tested. I loved one of the studies that got some vegans, I don't know where they found them, to eat a steak, I guess, for the cause. And they found that when the meat eaters ate the steak, these TMAO levels just went through the roof. But with the vegans, it hardly moved. And and the implication was that if you haven't been consuming animal products for a long time, you're protected in, in a really powerful way. And I'm glad that you're tying that in with aging as well. So let's talk about one other tip and then we're going to go into something else. How do we lower our fitness age? <laughs> so Victoria, fitness age is something I'm very fond of. You have your real age or your biological age, and then you have your fitness age. And fitness age is essentially it's how fit you are for your age. 
And it makes sense to say, well, if I'm 40 years old, I should be fit as a 40-year-old. But it's actually better longevity-wise and health-wise. Studies have shown that it's actually better for both of those measures if you have a lower fitness age. And so lowering fitness age means doing things like getting what we might call your vitamin I, so intensity. I see a lot of people doing um, I don't want to say a lot because we know that we don't have an exercising population, but let's say that when people are exercising, they're often not pushing the pace enough. And so intensity is definitely one of the things that you want to do. You also want to make sure that, so that's structured exercise. You also want to make sure that you are getting a good amount of steps during the day. People throw out that 10,000 number, and that's really just a random number that didn't come from studies. It came from a Japanese pedometer company, I believe it was in the 50s. And so, but 10,000 is a great goal to shoot for. So you definitely want to, um, you definitely want to make sure that you're getting, again, the intensity in your, in your workouts. You want to make sure that, again, you're getting that daily step count up. And also too, you know, you've got to watch the weight, all that good stuff too. But lowering that fitness age, you can take tests online. It's just filling out a bunch of information about your body, your fitness level, and then the the computer will calculate your fitness age. And what they have found is that actually just a recent study that just came out found that people who were lifelong exercisers, uh, when they tested them, they were 70 to 75. They actually tested physiologically they were the same age as people who were 40 or 45. And when I've done my own fitness age testing, Victoria, this was a few months ago, but I was, uh, I chopped 27 years off of my life. Oh, oh my goodness. So my fitness age is actually my low 20s. Wow. So you chopped it off your age, not your life. You added it to your life. <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> oh, that's, that is thrilling. But now you are an athlete. And I think sometimes for those of us who are not, I always tell people, yes, I get to the gym every day. Well, almost every day. But it's not my mothership. You know, I would far rather be at a cafe talking about ideas with somebody. <laughs> so how, how do we lay people in, in the world of, of uh, athletics stack up? And then tell us about your sport, because it's kind of unusual. Well, Victoria, I'll, let me front this by saying that you're correct. The CDC, the latest stats from the CDC, which were released in June, I believe, found or revealed that only 22.9% of adults in this country, 18 to 64, are meeting exercise guidelines for aerobic and strength training. They, they use the measure of 150 minutes a week of modern intensity activity or 75 minutes of vigorous intensity activity and two strength training sessions a week. So only 22.9% of adults are doing that. And the other, so we do have a long way to go in getting people to move a little bit more. And for people who are not gym goers, et cetera, you know, one of the things, Victoria, that I like to say is that fortunately the new exercise guidelines came out not too long ago and they found that every minute of activity counts toward making you fitter. In fact, another study just out the other day found that for people who climbed three flights of stairs three times a day, 
separated by maybe one to four hours. So all you had to do, three flights of stairs, three times a day, you were much fitter cardiovascularly and much stronger than your sedentary peers. So going to the gym is a bit of a is a challenge and you know scheduling it into your day if you don't like the gym find something that you can do at home do it for 10 minutes a day if that's all that you can do start small you don't need a lot to really get yourself there strength training is also part of it too so you can do very simple exercises at your desk while you're getting dinner ready whatever it might be super easy to do that flexibility as well. You can do a few stretches here and there. But really, Victoria, back in the day when I was training people and really into the get to the gym bandwagon, what we've, I'm kind of away from that right now because actually there are two pieces to the exercise or activity. And it's not just structured exercise, but it's also daily movement. And I would say that daily movement is now even more important than structured activity. You certainly need both if you want to be that long living, healthy living individual, you need both. But if you're going to veer toward one, daily activity is a little bit more important. And we've we've found that sitting, you can't be fit and sit. So even if people go to the gym, they go to the gym at 5.30, they work out for a half hour, 45 minutes, but they've sat all day. That's actually worse for them than if they have gone throughout their day and maybe every 30 to 60 minutes they've moved. We live in a society that sits too much. Eight to 12 hours is basically what most people are sitting. And sitting comes with its own its own diseases. So it changes the body physiologically and it can raise your risk of every chronic condition. So you've got to break that sedentary time up. And one of the best strategies to do that is to get up every 30 minutes. And I would much rather see Victoria, somebody getting that daily activity using a fitness tracker or a pedometer to count steps um, and being a little bit more active during the day than just putting all the eggs in the or I shouldn't say eggs, but let's say just, just eggs perhaps in the, in the basket, um, in, in the gym basket. I, you, you have to have both. And again, if you're going to veer toward one or the other, it's daily activity. I think that really um, trumps it here. So I think we can all do that. Yeah. So you are a, did you call it a Nordic race walker? What's your sport? So, Victoria, it's actually called Nordic walking, and it's not very well known in America, unfortunately, because it's a fantastic sport. It's created by Finland, um, Finnish cross-country skiers, as their form of dry land training. It's now the national sport of Finland, and when you travel over to Europe, it is absolutely huge. Here in the United States, we're a little bit shy about using poles, except if we're cross-country skiing or downhill skiing and sometimes hiking, but it is walking with specially designed poles. You have to have Nordic walking poles. They cannot be cross-country hiking, trekking, downhill poles, and it is literally walking with poles. Um, The two rules, just like race walking has rules, so too does Nordic walking, and the two rules being that you can't run. You can certainly run when you train, but you cannot run when you compete. And then secondly, you cannot double pole. So cross-country skiers, you often see them double poling to push through the snow to get fast and furiously ahead of everybody else. You can't do that in Nordic walking. So those are the two rules. And it's um, 
It's a really fantastic sport. EKG studies have found that it works over 90% of the muscles in your body, whereas fitness walking, people often tend to, which is the number one activity, people tend to underwalk and runners tend to overrun. So this kind of is the perfect complement to both of them because it's a low impact sport, but it can be as intense as you desire. So is this a sport that somebody could just pick up? Can can we go to the local sporting goods store and get the right kind of poles and find out online somewhere how to do it? Depending on where you live, you might be able to, yes, get to a sporting goods store and find the poles. They're often easier to find online, obviously, but you would look for Nordic walking poles. And then you can look for any amount of tutorials online, even coming from Europe, which is where it's the most popular still. I would be more than happy to field questions too. I know that people are going to have contact information on the show notes, but I would be more than happy to field questions. Victoria, if I could put polls in everybody's hands, again, if I could make the world vegan and put polls in everybody's hands, it would be awesome. (laughs) Well, what a world that would be. (laughs) Peace, freedom, lack of suffering, health, fitness, you know, I think that's heaven, but you know, we can try it on earth. Uh, so speaking of contacting you, the website is Karen Asp, ASP.com. And she is on Twitter at Karen Asp writer and uh, LinkedIn Karen Asp. And we will put all of that on the show notes at mainstreetvegan.net. I can't believe we are almost out of time But I have to ask you, as a writer, and I know we have other writers listening, how did you manage to get all this pro-vegan stuff in a book that's just called Anti-Aging Hacks, not Anti-Aging Vegan Hacks? I love that question, Victoria, because, yes, you're right. This This is not a book designed for vegans. It is a mainstream book that does have a very strong vegan slant. And I think it's just because they came to me. And I wanted, I am a, a vegan for um, for the animals, for the earth, for the environment, but definitely for the animals. And I wanted, I, I want to spread this message as much as possible. And so it was an easy way. What I love about this book is that it is for the masses and it is hopefully going to turn some people on, at least make people more aware of the choices that they're making. So it was my bent and my my desire to make this book lean that way, but not be a quote unquote vegan book so that it wouldn't turn people, you know, perhaps who are maybe a little bit intimidated by that word, wouldn't turn them away at the get go. Yes. Well, I think of the tremendous success of Skinny Bitch back in the earlier part of the 21st century. Nobody picked up that book thinking they were going to get vegan. And so, so many people were converted that way. So just very quickly in our last minute, What's your very favorite anti-aging hack? Oh, Victoria, gosh. Um, I have so many of them, but I think the the biggest thing would be get up and move. Okay. (laughs) Seriously, movement is life. Movement brings so much freedom and joy and expression. It is the way that your body can continue staying active and being active and enjoying all of the things that you do. Again, it goes back to that old adage. If you rest, you rust, or if you rest, (laughs) if you rest, you rust. And that is so true. And and we're coming, we're coming up to our break and we can get up and move. And we will be back with Mark Renfield and Ashley Boudot and their wonderful book, the ultimate age defying plant. Stay with us. 
Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach around the world, we depend on the generosity of listeners like you. If you enjoy the programming, please make your donation today by going to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Meditation Minute with Paulette Pipe. So as always, we begin our time of meditation by first taking account of what we're feeling, those sights that we're seeing, those sensations that we're experiencing, and each breath that we breathe. Notice where in your body you're experiencing those sensations. Let your breathing find its own rhythm. As we begin the process of letting go, the process of relaxation, remember why we're here. To hear more from Paulette Pipe and Touching the Stillness, visit the archives section at unityonlineradio.org. Now's the time to register for this year's Heart of Healing Retreat, hosted by the leaders of the Silent Unity Prayer Ministry. Imagine coming to the beautiful campus of Unity Village with its fountains and rose garden to rest and renew your spirit as you explore the spiritual principles of healing. You'll spend time in silence as well as celebration. The retreat is April 25th to 28th with an early bird discount before March 1st. Visit unity.org slash silentunityretreat. Did you know Unity has published a new book by Eric Butterworth? This wonderful writer and teacher, who is loved by so many people, left a recorded class called Practical Metaphysics that has now been turned into a book. It's Vintage Butterworth. He explains how to live from a deeper state of consciousness and awaken to health, love, prosperity, and peace of mind. Practical Metaphysics. Find it online by going to unity.org and click shop. Take a trip with Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Central and tune in to World Spirituality. A lifelong student and practitioner of many world spiritual teachings, Paul guides you to the unity and common values shared by all world religions. We really are all connected. Take a journey with Paul and explore our planet's spiritual landscape with insight, humor, and practical advice for all. Join the show with your question or comment right here on Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. 
Welcome back, everybody. A couple of announcements as we continue. The blog this week at MainStreetVegan.net is about having birthdays. Isn't that interesting as we're talking about aging brilliantly uh, on today's episode? And the blog comes from Linda Voorhees. She is a master vegan lifestyle coach and educator from Main Street Vegan Academy. Uh, veganification out there in the Sedona, Arizona area. Very nice post. I hope you'll enjoy it. I also want to remind you of the Valentine's gift. I announced that first last week. If anybody's been thinking, oh, I want to come to New York. I want to do Main Street Vegan Academy. Well, come on. And to help you make that decision, my Valentine's gift to you uh, is that if you apply for the course uh, through February of this year, you will get an additional $200 off. Just put somewhere in your application podcast discount or podcast you said or something. I'll get it. Hope that that's something that might work out for some of you. And my next and final announcement before introducing our wonderful guests for our second half is that the film I've been talking about for such a long time, A Prayer for Compassion, is about to burst onto the scene officially. And that is going to happen in New York City on the 5th of March. The tiny URL, tinyurl.com slash compassionfilm will get you to the Eventbrite. We're selling general admission tickets and also VIP tickets. There's going to be a uh, Q&A after for all attendees with some great people like Jeffrey Cohan of Jewish Veg, Milton Mills, MD, Susie Welch from the Today Show. It is going to be quite an evening. So if you're in the New York City area, tinyurl.com slash compassionfilm. Hope to see you there. And do uh, keep an eye on the film page at MainStreetVegan.net, and we will be posting all the many places that you can see the film. And if you want to host a screening yourself, then just be in touch with us. You can write to us at MainStreetVeganMedia at gmail.com. A movie? I can't believe it. Okay. Now, my two wonderful guests. I can hardly believe that because I have been eating wonderful food from one of these guests for the past eight years at Vegetarian Summerfest, now Vegan Summerfest. But oh my gosh, he does, has done, continues to do so much else. And he is Mark Reinfeld, the multi-award-winning author and plant-based chef for over 25 years, the creator of Vegan Fusion, where he offers culinary classes and consulting services internationally and online. He's the author of eight books, including the best-selling 30-minute vegan series. New wonderful project coming from Vegan Fusion, or already here, is the online teacher training program. You want to teach other people how to cook? Well, Mark's got something for you. We'll talk about that in a bit. And also joining us is Mark's lovely other half, Ashley Boudet, ND, a graduate of the National University of Natural Medicine, one of the world's most respected naturopathic medical schools. She serves on the board of the International Congress of Naturopathic Medicine, and her practice emphasizes a balance between the science of nutrition and healing and the power of self-care in everyday life. So this is an aging show. Where's the connection? Well, it is their brand new fabulous book, 
the ultimate age-defying plan. So welcome, Mark and Ashley. Thank you, Victoria. Thank you, Victoria. It's wonderful to be with you again. Well, it is wonderful to be hearing both of you. Now, maybe um, you are just people who look a whole lot younger than you are, but I'm going to say something that somebody said to me at Summerfest a few years ago. A woman was there with her 80-something-year-old mother and looked up at me, and the mother looked over you know, at her daughter and said, she doesn't know anything about aging. She's only 64. So how do you guys know about aging? <laughs> That's funny. Well, my my standard joke is that we're doing pretty good for eighty years old. So, uh, <laughs> and as we uh, do it for the plant, the plants are the secret. Yeah, <laughs> they are, aren't they? And how is that? Just just uh, Ashley, from from your uh, physician's point of view, how is it that the plants are the secret? Well, I. You know, the reason why we wrote this book was because we had a hunch that there was something to the the plant-based eating, and of course, we all know about antioxidants, so I decided to, while making it fun, also kind of look into what the research says, and, it, and you know, what it comes down to with everything that I kind of, all the science that I've poured through and looking at the biochemistry of how these nutrients work in our body I've, it really comes down to eating more plants. Eating more plants really helps our bodies essentially to work better. And that's how we can age well. I love that because I know we get a little bit of flack. Sometimes people will say, oh, we shouldn't say, you know, go vegan, you'll age better because we don't know that that's true. And yet I think go vegan and eat lots of colorful stuff. I think we can't say that. I think so too, and you know, I had to I had to make sure that I was right about that. Um, I'm all about keeping things very simple and having the message also be really simple. So you know, I I also think that, or I know that knowledge is power, and knowledge is very important. So I try to, when I work with people, and also in my writing, give people a little bit of you know extra information that they can have to kind of boost that idea that's very simple that we need to eat more plants. <laughs> so other than the fact that it contains some of the yummiest recipes I have seen in a really long time, what sets the ultimate edge-defying plan apart in its genre? Well, uh, Ashley, that's, thank you for asking. Thanks for mentioning the recipes. The, the recipes, actually, this is uh, my eighth cookbook, so I wanted to challenge myself. So the recipes all have seven ingredients or less just to make it ultra simple. And I think uh, what makes the book stand out is also just it's the combination of naturopathic medicine and natural self-care, which we like to say is like the future of medicine, which is returning to its origins, and also the future of food. So really bringing that naturopathic approach to, you know, daily self-care rituals. Ashley was very thorough in like the research and coming up with suggestions for each of the body systems that could be affected by aging. And uh, one of my favorite things is, you know, the wisdom of others can really guide us. So we wanted to feature people that we called fountain of users. And uh, you're, you are graceful enough to uh, submit your story to the book also, but just sharing the secrets for those who are thriving on a plant-based diet, like 
what they're eating, what their daily mantra is, like kind of their secret to their aging success. So that's, that's in a nutshell. Well, I love that part of the book, and not just because you were gracious enough to include me as one of them, but you always want to know what other people are doing. I, I'm working on a, a workshop with a, a couple of other women, and I wanted us to do a panel that's just called, But What Do You Eat? Because the truth mm. is, sometimes we're all in airports, and we all have to make decisions that maybe wouldn't be, that absolutely wouldn't be what would happen if we were at the farmer's market or, or in our own kitchens. And so we all kind of make different choices in these ways. And I think people really want to know that. So, and, and you've done that by, by sharing these stories. So you've got something called the Nourish Plan, all capital N-O-U-R-I-S-H. Can you explain that? Okay, I'll start. So, okay. so the Nourish Plan is, and we're figuring out how to both speak at the same time and not talk over each other. Well, husband and wife, so we'll, we'll interrupt each other frequently. But, uh, you can jump in no. if you want, um, because this has been fun to create. So, you know, again, like I said, we like to keep things simple and make it doable and, um, you know, help people to realize that they can make really, really simple choices that can make a big difference in their life. So we wanted to kind of break it down to our favorite or or to us the most powerful things that you can bring into your life on a daily basis um, to help you age well and and you know you can you can call it aging well or just being well just being you know healthy and balanced um, in the world so so each letter stands for something that we find has been most important to us and hopefully that can inspire other people in their lives too yeah it's almost like there's seven of them so kind of the seven pillars you know and uh do you want to start just give a nutshell? Okay. So, of course, we start with nutrition, and nutrition is our foundation. We need the, the basic nutrients to, like I said before, help our body to work better. And um, while it's so much about the food, it's also about more than just the food. So it, it is about other ways that we create balance in our life. So um, do you want me to sure. do the other one? Yes. Okay. I, w so I want all seven. <laughs> I'm crazy about acronyms. <laughs> I know, me too, and it's fun too. So um, the O is for oxytocin, and I don't know if everybody knows what that is, but it's fun to talk about because it's what's called the love hormone. So by, you know, bringing, by, you know, using oxytocin, um, it's the same thing as saying bringing joy into your life and, and actually going more um, into how that actually um you know, creates physiologic health as well. By feeling joy, we actually can help our body to work better and our, our you know, our nervous system and even like our muscles and our brain health and all of that just by um, doing things that bring joy. And, um, How? That because I know about oxytocin for nursing moms that, you know, they right. produce a lot of it to help with the bonding with the baby. I didn't know that we could get some just for being joyful. Well, yeah, and, and you know, things... also the it's the cuddle hormone. Yeah. So oh. Hormone. Yeah, there's and studies it... on, and you know, there all there. There's also a new um, interest in using this as a supplement. You know, taking oxytocin for people that have had chronic diseases, but there are studies where they're looking at you know, hug, long hugs, how that that can actually increase the oxytocin in your body. Oh, my goodness. I'm looking at my dog right now, and after this show, I'm going to go get some oxytocin schnoodle style. Okay, what is you? What does the you stand for? Yeah, 
yeah, and we, and we don't need to know that because we feel it. So the you is use it or lose it, which, you know, you hear that all the time. And by, by including that, um, it's to to break us out of that thinking of, like, I'm getting older, it's too late for me to start working out, you know, and um, the, really the importance of knowing that every little bit counts, um, similar to what your previous speaker was talking about. It's so important to, to let go of that idea that I can't learn something new. Um, and this is for both brain health and for physical health, for, you know, gaining strength and also for maybe learning a new skill or, or trying something new or, um, Going back to school or something like that. Always love it. Okay, R and the word nourish. So R is relationships. And, of course, that is huge in our health. So just a reminder to stay connected and um, also to find to find your community. And I find that um, living a plant-based lifestyle, sometimes um, it can be challenging and feel a little bit isolating. So, um just, you know, the, just bringing up the importance of finding your people and reaching out and staying connected. And, and you know, I find that the summer fest that we all go to every year is so sweet in that way because that's a way that we can reconnect kind of with our people. And no, um, that is true. Important they don't let Mark connect very much because he's busy cooking. But well, I, I do my rounds as much as possible. <laughs> he pops in and out, Yeah. <laughs> He does. He does. And it's such, such a gift. Okay. I, S, and H. Okay. Do you want to do these? Sure. So I is for intention and basically bringing like mindfulness and goal setting to kind of keep us on track, just going through our day with as much mindfulness as we can as a contributor for health. Uh, The S is for sleep. And that's like huge. That's the unsung hero, I think, of, of health really you know, we've come to find that's like a real foundation. Some studies say like seven to nine hours of sleep is what we, you know, most of us really need. So there's a lot of strategies for there that we discuss. And then the H is for hydration. And uh, you want to talk about this? Yeah. So, so obviously uh, getting enough water because our body needs water for so many things. And I found, I mean, we live in a very dry climate now in Colorado, but I find that so many people are dehydrated and they don't know. And they take medicines for maybe a head, you know, pain meds or um, for, you know, reflux or, or any digestive stuff. And they and they actually just need water. And sometimes, it, you know, we can get really fatigued and realize like, oh, wait, I just need a glass of water. So another simple way to just, and I'm always bugging people about drinking enough water. Um, the other part is, and I know Mark loves to talk about, is hydrotherapy. And it's one of the kind of tenets of naturopathic medicine. And it's using water um, outside of our bodies to affect health in our bodies. So where water can hold heat or cold um, by swimming in cold water or using hot and cold alternating water, um, we can affect our circulation and improve it in many ways. And it's quite mm-hmm. powerful. And Mark, has, Mark knew this before. He's been doing this I'm, for years. I'm a big fan of seeking out like the hot springs or the, the steam saunas and doing the cold plunge and like the Russian banyas. I know in New York they have the old school one on the yeah, East Village. 10th Street. And, uh, Russian yeah, and yeah, Turkish so. baths. I don't think it's been remodeled since 1894, but it's wonderful. Yeah. And well, hopefully not. Yeah, hopefully well, they have one in Miami also. So, yeah, it's, you know, I really feel that's the key to health also, and it's part of a lot of, 
you know, traditions in like the, in, you know, Russia and Northern Europe and even as far down in like, you know, Mayan lands in Central America using like heat, heat and cold and, and Korea also. So it's, uh, wow. we, we found these strands, you know, like in the blue zones, there's all this talk about longevity and anti-aging. And then we really wanted to, you know, like, you know, Victoria, all those of us who have been in the movement for a long time for different reasons, maybe it's for the animals or the environment, our intuition is it's also for optimal health. And, and the, in this book, we really dive into the research and data that supports that, that plant-based yeah. foods are key to like creating a life of optimal health. Right. And you do it in a very readable way. I have this book by my bed. I read some every night. I'm absolutely loving it. Of course, then you throw in those recipes that make me want to get up out of bed, miss out on the sleep and go make some food. But so far, I have restrained myself and only make food in the daytime. So we're talking about the ultimate age-defying plan book, but this nourish plan is also available in a special download that people can get for free at drandchefresources.com. And we'll put all of this on the show notes because together, um, Mark and Ashley are the chef and the doctor, except I said that backwards, drandchef.com. That's their website. Um, so you can check all of that out there and you can get your very own download of the Nourish Plan. So just so we don't run out of time, before you tell us about this teaching people how to cook class, that's new. That's cool. What is it? Uh so basically, well, I, I've had a, I've been teaching classes for over 25 years, showing people how easy it is to create healthy and delicious plant-based cuisine. For me, it's a form of activism that we can uh, know all day long why we need to eat more plant-based, but if the food doesn't taste good, it's not going to go very far. So I, that's how I frame this as activism. And so it's part of the plant-based chef certification program. I have online courses that I offer with the Vegetarian Times, and what I recently introduced was like a train the trainer program where like say graduates of Main Street Vegan Academy could learn how to basically share uh, their passion uh, for plant-based cuisine with others in the kitchen. So it's really geared towards showing people how they can either create another stream of revenue or just share their passion by doing classes or demos in their community. And uh, I feel really good about the training. I've been doing it for over 10 years internationally, and uh, it's a worldwide movement for me. So it really gives people all the skills and tips they need to succeed in organizing and creating like an effective cooking class and demonstration. And uh, for me, that's, you know, and Ashley also, it's a big part of, you know, our service is just showing people how to succeed on a plant-based lifestyle. And how do people find the cooking course? Uh, the cooking course, uh, I can share a link with you that you people can use uh, to get onto that online course. Uh, my w main website is veganfusion.com, but uh, I'll share a special link with you guys. So, uh, you know, it's a real life. You've come to my mind, Victoria, often when I was designing the program because I know we're, we have the same kind of overall mission and just this idea of training people to be strong in the plant-based lifestyle. And this, this program actually shows them how to like go out in their communities and really teach others how easy it is to prepare the food. 
Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, I was contacted by a, a lovely woman recently, and she said, you know, I just want to know how to use a knife. And I think there was a time when everybody learned to, or every woman at least, learned to cook mm. from their mom as, as a little girl. And I knew that things were changing. Oh, this was a while ago. I was speaking for a hospital and everybody was supposed to bring something the next day. These were all student nurses. And this lovely young woman called me and she said, what's dice? And I thought, Wow, you know, you wow. really don't have to take home ec anymore. So to just mm. learn how to cook, it's such a life skill. It makes you feel so empowered. It's so true. And I've, you know, I found that when I was doing clinicals in naturopathic medical school, I had this light bulb go off when I realized that I was telling people what they should eat, but I didn't really ask who was cooking in their house or if they you know, if they knew what to do with these foods. So um, coming together with Mark as the doctor and the chef, we felt like it was the perfect match because, you know, I can make a few things here and there. She's, but, she's good. <laughs> but it, it really is. It's so empowering and so much fun to see Mark's classes and to see that as actually healthcare, learning to cook and learning to share meals and um, to have, you know, all of the food and to be able to cook with your family and things like that is like is really life changing for people, and I love that. Yeah. It is. You guys have so much going on. So we've got doctorandchef.com. We've got veganfusion.com. The book, the ultimate age-defying plan, and the download of the Nourish Plan that people can get at doctorandchefresources.com. You'll all be on the show notes. My goodness, you guys are busy. But then there are two of you, you so I guess that lets you do double. So, uh, Ashley, I want to ask you about your your discipline, your field. I know that naturopathy is legal in many states in this country, but in a great many more, it is not. So probably most of my listeners have never visited a, a naturopath. So just very mm -hmm. briefly, what's the philosophy and what could someone expect if they were to find a naturopathic physician? Well, the basis of naturopathy, well, and I guess the word naturopathy is basically, you could think of it as like something's up with the natural flow of things or something with nature. So it's kind of looking at the, the root cause um, and bringing the body back into balance. Um, so, you know, it is interesting and I think important for people to know that um, legally in the United States, every state has their own sort of scope and things that naturopathic doctors can do. Um, but actually, it's in, you know, we're always working on that. There are more states that are getting, that are getting state licensure. Um, and there are only a few schools, there's about six schools now where you can get a doctorate degree in this. Um, and really what it means if, if the state doesn't have a licensure or a um, license there is that you're, you're not allowed to diagnose and you're not allowed to treat. So, but actually that's okay. I mean, for me, it's not been that bad. I've worked in a few different states where I didn't, where the state didn't have a license, but it, it really took me away from the the pressure to use pharmaceutical medicine. So we really, that's when we really have to get back to nature. And that's really what I did was go back to 
nature cure and talking about very simple things like drinking water and, you know, getting nutrition, getting outside, um, and really talking to people about what their life looks like and helping them, you know, kind of start from where they are and make the improvements that they want to make. So, so every now when and you time, say I would say practices a little bit differently, but sorry. No, no, no worries. I think there's a little lag. <laughs> I noticed in last week's show when I listened to it, I seem to have interrupted my lovely guest a couple of times. I felt terrible. So when you say pharmacological in terms of naturopathy, are you talking about prescribing herbs and that sort of thing? Well, so in, in certain states, I think in, well, obviously in Oregon, where the schools are, in Oregon and Seattle, in, in Washington and possibly California, Arizona, certain states, naturopathic doctors can be primary care doctors. Which oh, is, yeah, Which is really amazing because we can sort of, you know, step in to the role of a family doctor um, and can also bill insurance and have insurance cover that and, if necessary, can actually prescribe pharmaceutical medicines. Wow, that is fascinating to me. Needed, and hopefully we'll use herbal medicine before that, you know, or, you know, natural medicine. And that's, but sometimes they are needed. And the benefit in those states is that a naturopathic doctor has the expertise to be able to help people get off of medications if they've been on medications for a long time. Wonderful. Wonderful. So maybe we'll all head out west. Thank you so much, Chef Mark Reinfeld and Dr. Ashley Boudet. And thanks to our first guest, Karen Asp. Karen's book is Anti-Aging Hacks and Mark and Ashley's book, The Ultimate Age-Defying Plan. So be with us next week. Thanks to Unity Online Radio and thanks to you for listening. God bless you. Eat your veggies. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.